to Yo and Yo's podcast. We've had the privilege of advising Michigan businesses for over 95 years, and we want to share our knowledge with you, covering tax, accounting, technology, financial, and advisory topics relevant to you and your business. Yo and Yo's podcast is hosted by industry and subject matter experts, where we go beyond the beans. So if you want to stay in the know about business issues and trends that affect you, then keep listening because this is Everyday Business with Yo and Yo. Hello, I'm your host, Allie Barnes, Principal and Government Services Team Member here at Yo and Yo. Welcome to this episode of Everyday Business. Today, we're going to discuss the Michigan Uniform Chart of Accounts for Local Units of Government. With me is Alan Panter, Principal at Yo and Yo and member of the Government Services Team as well. Thank you for joining me today, Alan. Can you give us a brief overview of what the Uniform Chart of Accounts is? Absolutely. So thanks, Allie, and hello, everyone. Happy to be here with you today. Uh, the Uniform Chart of Accounts was issued by the Michigan Department of Treasury in November of 2020 and really represents the culmination of a multi-year effort to revise the chart that had been in place since 2002. So Public Act 2 of 1968 placed a requirement on Treasury to prescribe a Uniform Chart of Accounts to be utilized by local units of government in Michigan to establish a uniform reporting format and also to promote comparability across multiple entities. So the final chart of accounts supersedes and replaces all previous versions, including the expanded chart that was issued in 2017, and really establishes a final timeline for implementing the changes also. So can you tell us, are all local units of government required to follow this? Yes. So the Uniform Chart of Accounts is required to be implemented and maintained by all local units of government. Public Act 2 gives us a definition of local units of government, and that includes all cities, counties, villages, townships, or any authority or commission that was created by any of the same. So school districts also are local units of government, but they're specifically scoped out of having to use the Uniform Chart of Accounts and they have their own chart of accounts that's required to be used by the Michigan Department of Education. So the 2002 version of the Uniform Chart of Accounts was really mainly a response to the Governmental Accounting Standards Board or the GASB's issuance of statement number 34. GASB 34 was really the most significant change in governmental financial reporting history. So since GASB 34 was issued, there have been another 63 statements issued by the GASB. So they're up to GASB 97 now which is really the biggest reason why a revision to the chart of accounts was needed. So going forward, Treasury intends to issue improvements and modifications to the chart, but their current guidance indicates there, there won't be any significant updates that should cause hesitation or delays in implementation. So as a result, we are recommending at Yo and Yo that all governmental clients start taking steps to implement these changes. Thank you, Alan, for that little bit of history on the Uniform Chart of Accounts. For those that may be newer to governmental accounting, would you describe the components that actually make up an account number that we would see in the Uniform Chart of Accounts? The Chart of Accounts specifies an account structure that contains three sets of numbers. So there's a fund number, an activity number, and an account number. So the fund number is hopefully pretty self-explanatory. It is the fund that a transaction takes place in 
whether that be the general fund or any other fund. The activity number is used to define what governmental function is being accounted for, whether that be general government, judicial, public safety, public works, or another function. So for funds that do not require uh, tracking of detailed activity information, so in other words, a smaller government or fund uh, devoted to one activity, a generic 000 can be used for the activity number. The 000 activity number is also very commonly used for revenue and balance sheet accounts, as most governments don't track those types of accounts at a functional level. The account number is really that last piece to define what any given line item is for, whether it be cash, accounts payable, fund balance, property tax revenue, or salary expense. So between the three numbers defined in the uniform chart of accounts, it helps track what fund, what activity, and what account all activity takes place in. Alan, if I have expenditures that I would like to track in more detail, is there a way and am I allowed to, to do that? Absolutely. So within the activity and account structure, if your local unit has needs to track expenditures at a level that's more detailed than the function or to have multiple balance sheet accounts for a certain type of activity, the accounts can be set up to what, what you say point off the function or account numbers. So in other words, you would use an activity number like 101.1 or an account number like 001.1. So this helps to be able to customize the chart pretty much infinitely to the vast majority of circumstances that may exist out there. I'm always impressed by finance directors or those in the accounting department who basically have hundreds of accounts memorized um, using this numbering mechanism. Obviously, they've been doing it a long time, but it's still sure. impressive that they, they know all of that from memory. If this chart of accounts has been around for such a long time, why are we bothering to talk about it now? Yeah, great question. So Treasury worked on an updated chart of accounts for several years and even is issued an expanded chart in 2017 that really stopped and started, had some issues, and, and never got implemented. So there was a lot of talk about it, and the dates kept getting pushed back, but now the final chart has been issued along with the implementation schedule. So compliance with the Uniform Chart of Accounts is required, at a minimum, uh, as of any fiscal year ended October 31st, 2022 or later. So for a government with a December 31st year end, the final implementation would not be required until December 31st, 2022. September 30th fiscal year ends are the last to go and would not be required to implement until September 30th, 2023. So depending on what software you're using and whether an in-year conversion is supported by your vendor and how that process works, you may be able to wait until year end to implement the uniform chart of accounts. That would be an acceptable method from a compliance standpoint, but really would not be the method that we recommend. So we would really recommend implementing the chart of accounts as of the beginning of the fiscal year. So back to that December 31st fiscal year end, your implementation would actually be January 1st of 2022, so really just a few months from now. So implementing these changes as of the beginning of the fiscal year really helps with budgetary integration, so even earlier, then the start of the fiscal year, you may want to have these changes done in time for your budget. So it all depends on what capabilities and flexibilities that your software package can provide. So I would encourage everyone to discuss this with your software vendor if you've not done so already. 
For those of you who were listening to all the dates that Alan just covered, if you're like me, it's hard to remember those while you're listening. Um, so at the end of the show, uh, there will be some show notes on our website that will lead you back to that implementation schedule. So if you're not a December year end, that will be helpful in determining what implementation date you need exactly. I also know in talking with um, clients, it seems like the software vendors have a challenging schedule to ensure that everyone implements on time. So it really is important to be communicating with those software vendors earlier and to ensure that you stay on track with the schedule they lay out of certain tasks that you need to complete in order to make sure you can implement on time as well. Alan, you had mentioned previously that the GASB has issued several statements over the past several years, and local governments have been working diligently to implement all of these standards. What changes are in this updated chart of accounts to really align the general ledger accounting with some of these new standards? Yeah, the biggest changes coming from the GASB are pretty much in three different areas, and those are funds being added for fiduciary funds under GASB 84, new fund balance accounts that came in with GASB 54, and the deferred inflows and outflows that were introduced by GASB 63. So for fiduciary funds, there are, uh, in the new firm chart of accounts, new fund numbers for custodial funds, which of course used to be called agency funds. There's uh, account numbers or fund numbers for uh, pension and OPEB trust funds, investment trust funds, and private purpose trust funds. Under GASB 54, there's fund balance accounts that are now available for non-spendable, restricted, committed, assigned, and unassigned, just to track with those GASB 54 definitions. And um, there's also accounts for net position, both restricted and unrestricted for the proprietary funds. And lastly, there are new account numbers for the deferred uh, amounts, such as unavailable revenue, that are now needed under GASB 63. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to having a chart of accounts that actually aligns with all of these GASB statements instead of trying to fit a round peg into a square um, with some of the accounting. Absolutely. Are there other changes beyond just the, the new GASBs that we should be aware of related to the chart of accounts? Yeah, there are. There's a few operational changes that are really being driven by uh, the implementation of the uniform chart of accounts. And there's three of them that I kind of want to highlight uh, that will cause really more effort in the implementation um, of, of the chart. So the first is the splitting out of the judicial expenditures from general government. So in the past, all of your court expenditure accounts, so really talking about your district court, circuit court, probate courts, all are, were all shown as general government. So this is something that was very specific to Michigan and really not in line with how the GASB statements had always referred to uh, the judicial function being separate from general government. So now those account numbers uh, need to be separated out into their own function and as a result, uh, financial statement users are now going to be able to very easily see what the net cost of those services is and, and how those are financed by general revenues of the government, such as property taxes. 
The second one has to do with a practice that's been employed by many governments of charging payroll taxes and or fringe benefits to an other function uh, or department within a, within a given fund, uh, usually the general fund, but other funds as well. Uh, so with, within the Uniform Chart of Accounts, this is no longer allowed, and local units are required to charge out those costs to the functions that were benefited. So this is going to be something that's going to need to be addressed in the setup of the payroll system or any routine or recurring journal entries that are used to allocate costs. Uh, and all that is going to need to be looked at in implementing Uniform Chart of Accounts. Um, it will also be something that will need to be looked at from a budgeting standpoint as well, uh, going back to the discussion of when the Uniform Chart of Accounts should be implemented. And the last one is the use of a combined department, such as a clerk treasurer or a clerk register. So many governments have combined those functions under a single elected or appointed official. The Uniform Chart of Accounts has separate activities for each of these, so if your local unit is set up uh, that way, uh, you're going to need to come up with a methodology to allocate funds to uh, both activities based on some sort of reasonable basis or methodology. Well, Alan, I think that's some useful information for our listeners today. Software implementations are a challenge, we know, and many have not done a chart of accounts change or implementation, uh, maybe ever or in a very long time. So what recommendations would you have for our listeners so that they can have a successful implementation? Sure. So I think the biggest thing that local units can do to make this implementation go smoothly is to get started early, to identify what changes need to be made, uh, when they're going to be made, and by whom. So the earlier you can get started with these changes, the less stressful it will be. So start by talking with your software vendor and see what assistance or conversion utilities are available from them. Decide within your municipality how this is going to be integrated into the budgetary process. So beyond that, there's a few other things that I would recommend. The first would be to create a crosswalk spreadsheet to document the changes that are being made. So the crosswalk spreadsheet would show all of the old account numbers and what those are in the new chart of accounts. So I would envision this being set up with the old account numbers on the left side and each corresponding new account number on the right side so that the user can really readily see what changes are being made. Um, this is going to be helpful to your software vendor, it's going to be helpful to, to internal users and also your auditors who are going to need to update those grouping schedules for the audit. Uh, secondly, keep in mind that you only need to set up accounts for activities that your local unit is actually engaged in. So you don't need to set up a bunch of dummy account numbers for services that you're not offering. For example, if your government purchases police protection from a, another government, such as the county, uh, you would not need to set up accounts for a police department beyond just one line item that will be needed in order to pay the other governmental entity for those services. Lastly, uh, and this is going to be a little bit of a change, uh, Treasury does require that you use the fund activity account descriptions exactly as they are listed in the, in the chart of accounts. So if you have account descriptions that are different from what the Uniform Chart of Accounts says, those will need to be changed as well. The exception to that would be when an open fund or account number are used, and in that instance, you get to name the funds or account number, but only if a specifically defined number is not available.
One thing that I was pondering while you were sharing that information, Alan, is for those who want the history of an account number and they don't want the account to just be zero and start at zero, do you know, are software companies able to convert accounts in order to have that detail? Yes. Uh, I'm not going to say that every software vendor is going to be able to do that, but the basic premise is, is that the software conversion using that uh, that crosswalk is going to be used to not only update the general ledger, but also update the history file. So most of the vendors that I've heard of, and they're going to they're going to go through and they're going to update uh, the general ledger numbers uh, so that that history really appears that the account has always been used in that way. Great. I think that will be very helpful to have that history with those account numbers. So several local governments do use the software QuickBooks, which doesn't have as sophisticated account number structuring. Will it still be possible to comply with the uniform chart of accounts using this software? Yeah, so you can comply with the uniform chart of accounts while using QuickBooks. But just as a reminder, we don't really recommend the use of QuickBooks for local governments in general, uh, really due to factors uh, such as the chart of accounts, uh, the lack of ability to integrate multiple funds in the accounting system, the ability to change historical transaction, which we as auditors never like to see, uh, the lack of a formalized annual closing process and the like. So uh, we really uh, kind of characterize QuickBooks as uh, it's better than nothing, but we really recommend that software specifically designed for governments uh, is in use in, in, in most uh, cases. Uh, that being said, QuickBooks in its native, native format does not require the use of account numbers at all. Uh, QuickBooks has the capability to use account numbers, but that option needs to be selected in order for the fe feature to work. So account numbers in QuickBooks are also limited to seven digits, which would not allow or handle the full nine-digit uniform chart of accounts number. So in that case, uh, and since most governments have separate QuickBooks companies for each fund, the fund number can be omitted, and then you're, you're in compliance with the uniform chart of accounts. Excellent. I'm sure that's good news for several local governments. As local governments move towards implementations, what other resources do you suggest that they use? So as I stated before, your software vendor is going to be a great resource to you and also is going to be able to share with you some success stories of how their other customers have implemented the Uniform Charter Accounts and what that conversion process is really going to be like in their software. So most of the higher level software vendors will convert the chart for you, including the history. Um, so as we talked about before, you're going to be able to run those reports and see uh, how the activity compares year over year. That excludes some of the operational changes that we discussed a minute ago. Also, you should talk with your auditors about the changes. So they're going to need, at a minimum, to be informed of what changes were made to the general ledger so that they can get the grouping schedules updated for the audit report. But beyond that, though, the auditors can help you sort through compliance or setup issues that may come up. Lastly, there's quite a few resources posted on Treasury's website. So go to michigan.gov treasury, select local government, then community engagement and finance, then bulletins, forms, and manuals. So that's where you'll find the actual chart along with the detailed implementation schedule, uh, the final release memo, and also some frequently asked questions. 
Great. Alan, thank you so much for all your insight today on the Uniform Chart of Accounts. If you're interested in learning more about the Uniform Chart of Accounts, visit yoandyo.com, where you can find a copy of our show notes and additional resources. Thank you, everyone who joined us today. I'm Allie Barnes, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Business with Yo and Yo. for tuning in to Yo and Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. Yo and Yo's podcast can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and of course, our website. Please subscribe, rate, and review. For more business insights, visit our resource center at yoandyo.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletters. We'll talk to you next time on Yo and Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. The information provided in this podcast is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the podcast reflect the views of the speakers. This podcast does not constitute tax, accounting, legal, or other business advice or an advisor-client relationship. Before making any decision or taking action, you should consult with a professional regarding your specific circumstances.